Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stranger Than the Alps podcast. Hello! <laughs> I believe this is episode eight, or it will be episode eight. So we're uh, chugging along. We got a couple bonus pods up on uh, our website, strangersinthealps.podbean.com. You can catch all our episodes there or streaming on iTunes or on Spotify. Just search uh, Strangers in the Alps and you'll find us. I'm Gabe. We have Henry over there. How you doing, Henry? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Honestly, uh, I'm frustrated as fuck right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. What is happening? We've been trying to get this podcast going, and if it's not a power surge, if it's not the internet kicking out, if it's not Skype working properly, like every single thing that can go wrong has gone wrong every time we've uh, called each other. So it's kind of funny, but it's also very fucking frustrating. <laughs> we've been we've been trying to record this episode for almost an hour, dude. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not even anything that's in our control, which is the crazy part about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we get ready to go, we get all set up, we hit the record button, you know, and then just bam, some shit hits the fan. Shit hits the fan. That does that's life, man. That is life, dude. Life is pain, Highness. <laughs> hey, oh, there it is. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny about that is I was listening to uh, a podcast uh, that I've listened to for, for a while now. And um, Jamie Lee Curtis was the guest on it. And she quoted the same line that we talked about for The Princess Bride. And nice. uh, yeah, and she, she said something about how she always lives by that scene in The Princess Bride. This line that's just it's such a important, such a, you know just such a line in this movie about life is pain and anybody that tells you otherwise is trying to sell you something. And yeah, you had mentioned that as one of the things that really stuck with you with the princess bride. So I just think it's really cool that, you know, we're talking about it and then just random energies from the universe or picking it up from somebody else. You know, it's, it's cool how things work like that. Yeah. But, man. uh, but yeah, we're rolling out of Thanksgiving here. Um, we just yeah. finished Thanksgiving last week. We had black Friday, we had cyber Monday, so uh, I was just curious if you wanted to just let me know how your uh, Thanksgiving went. It was good, man. It was uh, it was really relaxing, you know. I um, I, I started to tell you that we um, you know, we we kind of started a new tradition this year, and um, and we we ordered our food from Cracker Barrel, and um, and it was fantastic, dude. We we picked it up the day before, and we heated it up the, on Thanksgiving Day. And, um, and it was awesome, man. No one had to slave away in the kitchen and, and kind of miss the day with the family. It was great. That's awesome, man. I mean, just to be able to just have that time, you know, whether it's convenience or just not having to, to do anything and just, just go straight into eating. I mean, that's a huge break on the holidays, especially on Thanksgiving to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. It does was it, awesome, man. Does it cost much extra to do something like that or? No, dude. In fact, I mean, I haven't worked it out on paper, but I think it was cheaper, man. We, um, you know, they're, they, they kind of sell it as like, um, you know, to feed 10 people. So it would um, feed us too. And that's it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of food, man. Really? We, um, yeah, we, 
so there's six of us and you know, my family, man, these aren't small people. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and we, we ate two complete meals off of it. And, um, and it was only two meals a piece. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So we ate like, we ate early. We ate at like lunchtime, like at noon. Um, cause I, I was going to try to catch a, uh, black Friday deal on Thanksgiving. Um, (laughs) and then we came back for dinner and, and reheated it all up again. And we all had like another full meal. Um, and all of that food was just over a hundred bucks, dude. That's not bad. I mean, consider you said there's six of you. Yeah. Those 12 meals. That's, that's like 10 bucks a pop. That's not bad at all, man. Not at all. That's less than 10 bucks a pop. Wow. That I'll have to rethink next year. Maybe I went to my, uh, my in-laws, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law had us over Hell and, yeah! Uh, they cooked for us, and it was just really nice, you know. Especially because Angela, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not the best cook, and Angela tends to do most of the cooking when she hosts it here. Yeah, and uh, and it was just nice for her just to catch a break and be able to just spend time with her family and you know just relax. So Definitely. I fell asleep on the couch over there. I fell asleep on the couch while they were cooking everything, like before the food was even ready. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty relaxing for me too, you know. <laughs> I've been so tired lately. I don't know if it's the time change and like the shift in the daylight hours or or what, but this I'm just ugh, I don't know, man. Just groggy and sleepy like all the time now. It's the chemtrails, bro. <laughs> that will be <laughs> what episode nine or ten? Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, plenty of conspiracy theories out there. We can build our whole career on on talking about just conspiracy theories. I'm sure. Yeah, man. Listen. Before we move on, dude, we're talking about the holidays. I, we, on our last episode, we talked about some Christmas movies. Yeah. And, um, dude, we left out an important Christmas movie, man. I'm sure we did. Is it, uh, can I guess? You can guess. Would it be The Grinch? No. Oh, okay. Way more classic, in my opinion. Like, I hope I don't get fucking crucified for that but um there's more than two of them but but the 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 two of them in particular home alone bro oh god i yeah home how alone we, how do we forget that i watched that all the time as a kid right like you just wish for the day that you could set up some crazy shit to take out some bad guys breaking into your house man <laughs> i remember my uh my brother and my parents they they I guess they didn't like me watching that movie. I guess apparently I would get like mouthy after that movie because Kevin McAllister was, you know, that was the character, the kid in the in the in the movie. What was his name? Macaulay Culkin played him, but he was kind of like a mouthy little kid, you know. Yeah. And uh, I guess I would try to emulate that. And uh, I guess well, those that... are those are the characters you like, dude. You've confessed it to us. I know mouth Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Uh, but Who he else? was the, he was the one that would make you get mouthy, not not like mouth or. I know. don't know. I probably jumped back and forth between Goonies <laughs> and Home Alone so many times that it yeah. just became a blur. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's another '80s movie. It's not a Christmas movie, but just talk. You know, all these movies came out like the '80s and '90s, and you know, I mentioned the Goonies there. Yeah, and and liking Mouth, who um, oh, uh, what was the 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 actor's name? Corey Feldman. Yeah. He was two other 80s movies that were like uh religion to me as a kid was The Lost Boys, yes, him and Corey Haim, 
And yep. then also uh, License to Drive, which was another Corey Haim and Corey Feldman movie, which I loved as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. My but my I, son my son actually just watched uh, The Lost Boys for the first time. What do you think of it? So he loved it, man. He loved yeah. it. They made us like in the mid two thousands. They made like a string of sequels to it because they did the first one and everybody was, uh, you know, kind of awaiting that to happen and it was hyped. And then they had like some a couple more, I think, direct video sequels after that. Yeah, but they were like very MTV ish. They weren't. I don't know if you know. Maybe I was too young to pick up on it in the eighties with the original, but the newer ones they didn't quite have the same vibe to them. That's you know? the problem, man. Yeah, they were trying to recreate. And recapture the magic instead of just kind of letting it happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a hard thing to do, man. Hard thing to do. Yeah. But anyways, you know, we'll 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 have to revisit that and we can talk about, you know, some of this this stuff later. But uh but the holidays. So uh what movie was it that you were saying? Home Alone. Home Alone, yeah. How many sequels did they have to that one? I, you know, I don't know off the top of my head, but it, I, I know that there's at least three of them. But the only one, I mean, let's be real, and I'm not trying to hate on anybody here, but the only ones that matter are the first two. You know sure. what I mean? Uh, yeah. The Wet it, Bandits, bro. <laughs> the Sticky Bandits. They, yeah, that, was, that was in the second one. That, yeah, that was Lost in New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think I heard that they're talking about rebooting that for the new New, uh, new generation now yeah i mean like what I, I don't know dude i you know there's some sometimes i hear about reboots and i'm like oh man that'll be cool and sometimes i just think no dude you gotta leave it alone man um and i yeah. think that's i think this is one of them you just gotta let leave alone you know what i mean yeah i think if you're gonna remake a movie, remake one that was a shitty movie and that you can make better. Yeah. So when you go back to a great movie, that's a classic movie. It's like you can't imagine them remaking Big with Tom Hanks or right. remaking like Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin or, or any right. of these like standout classic movies from that that age. Uh, I mean, just because they're already great. Right. I just I don't I don't get it. You know, it's cash grabs, I guess. But oh well. I guess, dude. I yeah, man. It's it's just so hard, you know. I um, even even like sequels that come out like way later. Um, I I tend to just be real skeptical. Um, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time was The Boondock Saints. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, but when Boondock Saints two came out, bro, I was stoked, dude. I don't think you understand how excited I was to see that movie. <laughs> and that, that uh, movie just exudes you. It's something about you that that movie just seems like like <laughs> it's a magnet. Like you were made to watch that movie, or that movie was made for you to watch it. You know what I mean? No, well, thanks, man. I'm gonna take yeah. that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. But dude, Boondock Saints two, it was just not good, dude. Yeah. Billy Connolly, man. I, I love he, Billy Connolly. I do too. He played their dad in that, and uh, he's a, he's a hilarious stand-up comic. He's a Scotsman. So funny, yes. Yeah, so yeah. and uh, he's been in a lot of movies and stuff. Um, yeah. I heard that he's got a uh, Parkinson's now, or it's been developing. Oh no! Oh, that's terrible, man. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of the reason why I haven't seen him. The last thing I saw him in was they digitized him, and he did the voice for uh, for one of the dwarf. The, the cousin Dwarf King uh, for the Hobbit trilogy, the, the, the last one. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah Battle of the Five sure Armies. Was. Yeah, that was that was him. He was um oh gosh, dude. Oh I'm gonna lose my freaking LOTR card here. <laughs> um well, I can't think of it now, but yeah. It was Thorin's was. cousin, yeah. Dane. Yeah, that's him. So uh yeah, we're ramping up and, and getting into the holiday season with yeah, uh, man. with uh Christmas coming, you know, Thanksgiving is behind us. What was the Black Friday deal you went for? If you don't mind me asking. No, I don't at all, man, because I'm actually really excited about it. Um Did you we, get it? Yeah, we did. Um so Target at least up by us, they had a deal. It was like a doorbuster deal on Thanksgiving day at 5 PM. It was a 55 inch, um, 4k ultra HD smart TV for nice. 200, $200 dude. Wow. It's amazing how, how cheap TVs are, how the prices have fallen. I remember when these things yeah. came out, they were thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And those were for man. like the 1080 panels, you know, from 10 years yeah. ago. But they just continue to tumble the prices. Yeah, well, our our TV, man, like the main kind of our main TV in our living room, um, it was a four it, it was a forty two inch plasma TV that uh, you know we bought like ten years ago, man. And like you said, I think I paid thirteen hundred dollars for it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I remember when uh, I loved plasmas. My a few years back, our plasma just stopped working. But the plasma had the is the nicest picture and the blackest blacks and the nicest motion and everything, and uh, but TV technology, LED technology and stuff, it's come a long way, you know. And I sure. think it, it's right there. But man, I I loved that plasma and it just died. But I remember like thinking back in the day when they first were coming out with like the LED or actually it was LCD TVs versus yep. plasma. But people were saying like you have to recharge the gas and the plasma and all this stuff and. It was it was just the weirdest shit, and I don't know like if this was just like marketing propaganda from the LCD TV makers or, or what, because there was like yeah. a format war similar to like how there was VHS and Beta or HD DVD yeah. and Blu-ray or whatever. But yeah, like people would actually they would say like, oh no, you got to recharge the gas and the plasmas, and you got to take it into a dealer, and you don't have to do that. That's no. a bunch of bullshit. You know, it probably wasn't even the TV companies doing it because. Um, you know, I mean, you could buy a Samsung plasma TV or a Samsung LCD TV. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have any skin in that game. Probably what happened was is a guy got like, you know, real jealous because his neighbor's plasma TV had a slightly better picture than his <laughs> LCD, you know, so he blogged about it and it went viral. You know what I mean? Making up some crap. Probably. That's but probably that, what that's probably how it happened. That's the human condition, isn't it? Greed in a way. I mean yeah. greed and jealousy and, and all those things that go along with it. So it's true. Speaking of greed and jealousy, sometimes at night when I'm laying in bed, I get real jealous thinking about your Gretsch guitar. Oh yeah? You think Hell about that yeah, a lot. Bro, Gretches are so nice, dude. They are, man. I that's my first Gretsch, and I've 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 always jones for like a nice Les Paul and a nice Gretsch, you know, and yeah. uh, and I I love that's honestly that's one of my favorite guitars. I love that guitar. It's a it's a semi hollow. It's a cutaway on the bottom. It's yep. got a, a Bigsby on it, and it's just it's a nice playing guitar, man. So nice, dude. Yeah, it's one of those too that like you because it, it it plays electrics play different than acoustics and. 
and they just they're easier to play to me like the necks and everything the action is lower they tend to be you know lighter gauge strings and stuff but uh i can pick that up and sit on the couch and play and you know you can hear it like like you can't yeah. acoustic because it's semi-hollow where like if i pick up a les paul i mean it's solid and you can hear it but but it it, it, yeah. it doesn't project you know what i mean like like that yeah. does i'm talking strictly not plugged in just just you know sitting on the couch sure playing you know now just to clarify for a second here did you mean that electric guitars are slightly easier to play i've i feel like they are like the next yeah. like i got a uh i mean i play acoustics too i got some acoustics yeah yeah no but... just just a second ago you said acoustics were easier to play oh and, and you were saying their action was lower you know what i mean they got lighter strings and i figured you had meant to say electric <laughs> but yeah, I fucked up. That's uh, electrics play better than acoustics. <laughs> here, and I'll say it here. Maybe I can edit it in. Electrics play so much better than acoustics. They're easier to play. <laughs> <laughs> I can either leave that in for a laugh or I can go back and edit it. We'll see. Oh, whatever. We'll see what's up. Sometimes I'm so fucking dyslexic, and I'm, I'm not really, but yeah. I just have these moments where I'm just all tripped up in my head, and I get mush mouth, and I'm tripping over my words and thoughts, and... I don't know. I get excited, I guess. I got excited because I was looking at my Gretsch hanging on the wall. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, anytime you come down, man, you're welcome to play that. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I usually do. I usually find a reason to. And <laughs> it's good. I tell you what, man. I, you know, I love my Les Paul for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, there's been, I, I've owned a lot of guitars through the years um i've gotten rid of a couple that i'm i'm sad now that i got rid of yeah um i i had a a bc rich mockingbird it was like the through neck series and um it uh it was so nice dude but at the time i was trying to be like you know super kind of punky rock and roll and it just didn't fit that didn't fit with the vibe fit with that vibe and i look back now and i'm like god dude why did i ever get rid of that guitar because yeah that it's so beautiful you know what i mean it's just such a cool cut and it was you know that deep red and yeah that sounds pretty oh man so cool i uh we were talking before and i talked about my first guitar and you talked about yours too um well maybe was it your first guitar was it the les paul that you were jonesing about and your sister it, got it, for you for it Christmas? wasn't my first one but it was like it was my first, first like serious guitar if that makes sense your first real one yeah that makes total sense because there's guitar lines that are just kind of toys you know and and then when you step up to the really nice things there's no going right. back there's no going back but my first guitar was a harmony h802 that my grandparents got me nice. and I, I i told you the story i mean i must have been probably eight when they got it i didn't take guitar lessons until i was 12 so i just fucked around on it you know and didn't know yeah. what i was doing I think the the blue album. I remember sitting there playing uh, the sweater song. I figured that out, like that <laughs> down, down, down. You know, whatever it was. Yeah. But um, I, I remember I was really into Weezer back in the day on the blue album. Of course. But uh, I played the sweater song and like single note, like kind of little riffs that you know, two or three little things you know that you could do on the strings, and he's like, "Oh my god, I played this song," and that's all you could do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of noodling and, and playing and faking it. But uh, I sold that guitar, and I told you the story about how uh, I, I, as an adult, I found the same model on eBay—not the same guitar, but the same model. Yeah. And I, and I bought it, 
and the nostalgia factor was way better than the real thing because these guitars were unplayable. <laughs> <laughs> they were just the necks, the, the fretwork, the just, it was it was just rough on your hands. But um, the guitar I got after that was like this Kramer guitar. It was like a kit guitar that you got at like a Sam's Club or something, a Costco. Yeah, you know, sure. it had the amp, and it 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 served its purpose for me. But uh, it was like a Strat copy. When right. I sold that one too, you know, it was, there was a couple guitars that floated in and out. Um, and uh, I, I honestly like even the crap ones though. I, I regret selling. There's I had about four guitars that i just was like you know what i went for years and i didn't play and uh they were just sitting there and they weren't like hiring guitars so i just sold them off but i'd kill to have them back and that, that's sure. kind of i went through this phase where I, when i really got serious about guitar again like i was buying one or two guitars a year like for the course of a couple of years so i i i, I kind of you know i wouldn't like spend full full price on them like i'd find them on deals or sure. heavily heavily discounted and it was just too good to pass up you know yeah so uh so I'd buy them and it just, it got out of control because I vowed like, I'm never going to sell another guitar because those are the ones that you always wish you didn't sell. Yeah. So I've got like several guitars, you know, stacked in cases in the closet and on the wall and stuff. And I don't know. Uh, I don't play them and I feel kind of guilty because they're, you know, they're lacking the attention they need. I'll take them and I'll, you know, restring them and oil them all down and clean them up and everything. And, you know, just do guitar maintenance and, and sure. they kind of go back in the case, but uh, yeah, man, yeah. But it's it's with guitars. There was a period of time a few years ago, and it might still be going on, but it was a buyer's market, man. Like it was, you could get guitars cheap, and the import, uh, especially like some of the Les Paul copies, and they have this, they have the Chipsons, which are the Chinese Gibsons, the knockoffs, you know, that they're shipping in, but. I mean, even the quality in those went went way up, but it was still kind of a crapshoot yeah. buying those. But if you weren't looking for like a Chipson, if you were looking for just a good solid guitar, there were lots of guitars coming out of like uh, like no name guitars too, like uh, like Agile is, is one yeah. that that I've bought several of, and just every guitar I got from them is just spot on. Like I've got a Gibson, yeah, and I've got a couple of Agiles, and if it wasn't for a slight difference in the horn shape and a little difference in the body you know and maybe the bindings a little different in spots and the headstock obviously but as far as playability i mean you wouldn't be able to tell the difference sure like, these are nice guitars and it's just you could get these things for like 200 bucks 300 bucks you know high-end yeah. ones for like 400 bucks but like you'd be spending 800 to 1200 easy on a gibson you know yeah oh yeah so these are a fraction of the cost and they had all the playability of them yep in my oh, experience yeah. at least so yeah. I kind of, you know, spoiled myself with a few of those that I, I found used that were really cheap. But yeah, Jay Terser was another brand that was um, that came out that was kind of like a like a no name for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But they they put out some great guitars, dude. Yeah, um, there's uh, a name brand one that you'd see in the stores, and they've been making guitars for a while. Was Samick, and they had a Korean yeah. factory. And uh, with guitar making, the Korean factories were supposed to be better than the Chinese or Taiwan factories, mm-hmm. um, Indonesian factories, but they would have stricter quality control and, and, and better quality of woods and stuff moving through them, more skilled craftsmen, yeah. because it was more of a craft where I think when you had factories opening up just because they were cheap and they could get cheap labor, labor and uh, companies would, would train uh, 
luthiers and, and craftsmen to, to make these guitars and set them up. It was so new to them. You know, they were still kind of wrapping their heads around it where like in Korea, they were making guitars for, for a while. And like, they make them for, if I believe, right. Like Samick would there was the same factories at like uh PRS and Ibanez and sure. Uh, or Ibanez. I don't know how, however you say it, but uh, Ibanez. Yeah, some people say Ibanez because I guess it's like a Spanish name. I don't know. Whatever. I've heard it both ways, but yeah, I don't know. But um, a lot of these guitars, you know, were coming out of the same factories. And even like, uh, I think Greco guitars were like a Japanese Les Paul, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but like a lot, Japan and Korea, man, like anything out of those from the 80s, 90s, and even 70s, I think, like they're worth money now. Yeah. And you can buy Samick stuff pretty cheap. Um and uh, like I've seen them in Guitar Center for like 150 for some of the more newer ones and stuff, but they're supposed to be pretty, pretty good, you know, for what you're getting. You're bang for your buck. Yeah, man. I tell you what, when when I was younger, um, dude, I just I fell in love with playing the guitar. I fell in love with guitars in general. And you know, one of the things that I started doing was uh, I started fixing up guitars that were not the greatest brand names maybe use like shoddy you know wiring or you know the pickups were bad quality dude i could get like a cheap guitar and i would change the wires and pots out and throw some some good pickups in there and yeah. but if if you closed your eyes I, dude i used to be able to get some you know for for a fraction of the cost still that you would pay for a more expensive guitar Dude, I used to be able to get some of these cheaper guitars to sound good. I don't doubt it, man. I've done the same thing. Like when I started getting back into guitars and stuff, I'd buy like some cheap beat up Epiphones, and I mean they're good guitars. Yeah, Epiphones are great. Yeah, Epiphones are great. But you know, I, I even them, you know, they, they sometimes they'd have like the cheap Chinese wiring and pickups, and yep. I'd rip that out and I'd buy like a '50s wiring harness and yep. get some. Uh, again like some korean pickups they have some brands that are made in korea that just rock and uh and i throw them <laughs> in there and uh and dude this thing would sound amazing it would scream yeah. but the one thing that a lot of people do and that i was guilty of doing too which you, you don't even think of it sometimes because you're so jazzed about the guitar is you put all your money into this guitar and the pickups and the wiring and you know you, you're making this whole badass setup right there but you're playing it through a chintzy amp for like, you know, that you spend 35 bucks for at a pawn shop or something. Yeah. And like so much of your tone comes out of your amp. Sure. And a lot of people, especially like newer people, don't even think of that. You know, it really matters what you play out of. And especially yeah. today, there's a the, the gap is closed a lot between solid state and tubes. But a lot of that classic rock and roll sound, the stones and, you know, a lot of the professional yeah. stuff. I mean, the crackle and breakup of the tube amp depending on how into how hard you pick, how hard you, you know, you slam and you pick on the strings and, you know, how intense your playing is. I mean, that makes a big difference in the way it sounds, the way it comes across. Yeah, man. I listen, I agree. I do. I actually have kind of a, a touching story about my amp that I still have. I, um, you know, like I said, I was kind of into punk rock. I mean, you remember, man, I, I uh, yeah. I was into the punk rock thing and, and I was playing music and, um, well, most of my music phase was most of my, like my, my band phase was a little bit before we met, but, um, 
but I had a, a Marshall like JCM 900 uh, and, and it was just the head and I had loaned it out to a buddy of mine and uh, and he blew all the tubes in it or broke them all. Like I don't even know how, but it like didn't work anymore. I, I mean, know. and I, I was kind of bummed about it, but we had a local music store. It was called Almost Music. And yeah. uh, it, I mean, I bought everything from there, man. And, and you know, the, the guys that worked there got to know me by name and, and I knew them and I'd come in and just kind of look around and, you know, and literally, I mean, for years, everything that I bought musically came from Almost Music. Um, That's cool. That's really yeah, cool when you, when you get that repertoire with the store and the oh, musicians yeah. and, you know, everybody there. Without it, for sure, listen. And, and you know, I shared the story about um, in the last podcast when we were talking about Christmas presents. I the, the guitar that my sister bought for me, that Les Paul, came from Almost Music, too. And, um, well, they had kind of moved into this bigger, bigger space, and it was awesome. But, uh, and I can't remember what hurricane it was now. But a hurricane came through and really damaged the store pretty well. Yeah. And leading up to that, they had um, they had had it was like a, a 1965, I believe, uh, Fender Quad Reverb amp. Oh wow! And dude, I would come in and I would plug a guitar into that and I'd play that amp, and they'd let me play it, man. And you know, I'd play it for a half hour or so and put a guitar back and you know maybe one day sort of deal. Yeah. Um, well, the owner of almost at the same time that the store got really damaged, the oh. owner, um, had a, a cancer relapse. Oh no. And so he had just kind of decided that he was going to try to break even on all the merchandise he had and kind of get out of the business cause he needed to focus on his health. And so he was still kind of taking trades for things, but you know, he was really trying to get cash, whatever. So I brought that JCM 900, you know, head in, you know, that wasn't even really working at the time. And the guy's name was Rex. And, and I asked him what he could give me for, you know, for trade on it. And he knew exactly what I was there to try to get, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And man, he looked in a book, you know, acted like he was looking at, but he wasn't looking at a book. He knew exactly what he was going to do too. But he, um, he said, Oh, look at this. Like it says right here, the trade in value is, yada 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 and and whatever number he spit out was the exact amount that he had had on that quad reverb amp and so he he let me trade the busted old jcm 900 head in for the quad reverb amp and uh i'll like i'll never get rid of that thing man for as long as i live that's a cool story that's nice man yeah man for sure it's nice to see that people aren't just out always trying to get a buck you know they're trying to I mean, I know he had his reasons and his health and everything, but just to see yeah. him give pleasure to somebody like that, you know what I mean? It's meaningful. And look, how many years later is that? And it's still touching. Dude, like dad, 20 years almost at this point. Yeah, I mean. Man, that's I, awesome. What a good guy. Yeah, dude, he was. And, you know, I'm not a very emotional guy, but man, I, I loaded that thing up in my car. And I'm not going to lie, dude, I, I cried in my car as I drove away, dude. It was a, it was a thing, man. I was so happy. That's great. That's a good story. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't think I have any any stories like that. I think because I've always just kind of been on the hunt and scrounging around for deals and things, you know. Just and I was always like kind of intimidated, and I think it's because 
I was self-taught and I didn't, I took some lessons, but I yeah. kind of dropped out of lessons and then I was in and out of it for a bit. So I was always intimidated to go to music stores because I felt like I couldn't play worth a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, you can't hang. And there's some like 12 year old kid who like plugs the guitar and it makes you look like an asshole. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, dude, I feel you. <laughs> but I, I've gotten over that as an adult, you know, and I'm sure. not giving a fuck and just gone in and played and, and stuff. But uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But there's also the stigma of like the songs that you're not supposed to play in music <laughs> stores. Yeah, dude. And like there's sweet, you're not supposed to play Sweet Child of Mine, not supposed to play Stairway to Heaven, and all the stuff. I mean, I was just curious as a fellow guitar player, what's your take on that? Um, I think it just kind of became something funny, you know what I mean? Like, I think what I, I think probably what happened is that, um, well, they heard it so much. I mean, these are these right. famous licks that everybody yes. played, so it just became like kind of painful because not only were people every other person playing it, but they were probably playing it pretty shitty too. You know? Yeah. They're playing it bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, yeah, so I mean, that's probably just kind of where it came from. Um, I am sure that there's that, that kind of list of what you're not supposed to play is always evolving. You know what I mean? Yeah. I imagine someone would just get lambasted if they went there and like play Nickelback or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, but honestly, you know what? I just, especially as I've gotten older and stopped giving fucks about what people think and what expectations are with things. If you get joy out of something, if it really fills your soul with enjoyment to sit there and play the lick from Sweet Child of Mine over and over and over or to play Stairway to Heaven. I love playing Stairway to Heaven. I love that song. I love Zeppelin. Then go fucking play it and don't give a shit. Because, I mean, honestly, what's more rock and roll than not giving a shit and playing what you want to play? You know what I mean? It's true. I, just find joy in a song that doesn't fucking suck. <laughs> well, those songs don't suck. No, but, they don't. They don't. But, well, I'm not a sweet child of mine fan. I'm not going to lie. You know, you. do you like Slash? I, I like Slash. Yeah. I, I'm not a big Guns N' Roses fan, though. I like their hits, but as far as like their albums, I don't think I've ever been able to sit there and just like jam to a Guns N' Roses album. You know, it's always the singles. Yeah. that. Welcome to yeah. exactly you know and you know you call me a bandwagon fan or whatever but they're fun songs the ones that they came out with yeah i mean i don't get like angry and turn the radio off when they come on but um, yeah you know i might hop over to like a miley cyrus song or something because <laughs> that's so much better right <laughs> Dude, listen say what you want about miley cyrus and whatever the fuck she's going through but <laughs> listen some of homegirls music is killing it though I'm sure she comes from a musical family. I mean, Billy Ray Cyrus, her dad, and you know. Hell yeah, man! So, who are some of your guitar influences then? If you weren't that into, I mean, you like Slash, but you weren't that into GNR. Who, who else? Yeah. Um. Who do you identify with? Who? Uh, or who do you look up to? That's really, um, man. That's such a crazy question. So, first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this name out there because. I feel like he has to be um, like the number because he's going to be the guy for both of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy page is, yeah. I mean, you just can't, you know what I'm saying? Like he has sure. to be there. Sure. Um, I but love you Jimmy know, page, man. I, I love his whole persona because he's got like kind of this, 
you know, I told you I like that the outliers in life and the weird yeah. type of stuff. And he's somebody who's got a reputation for like liking the occult and being very private. And you know, at the same time, you know, he's an amazing guitarist and plays all these rock and blues infused songs. And you know, he's sure. just he's good. And he was a yeah, session I, musician for a while, and then uh, and and then you know he went on in the Yardbirds and and Led Zeppelin and yeah, so on. But yeah. Um, Yes, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm only throwing him out there so that, I mean, he's out there. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, yeah. Um, Can can I throw this out there before you go on to your next one? Yeah, 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 please. Just, just, you know, hang out on Jimmy Page for a little bit here. Yeah. He, uh, it's funny, he's so iconic with the Les Paul, but if I remember correctly, uh, coming from the Yardbirds and even into Led Zeppelin, uh, Everything I think on the on their first album, he played with the uh, with a Telecaster with a Fender. Yeah, and uh, Joe Walsh from the Eagles is the guy that actually gave him his first Les Paul. Really, and a lot of people don't know that, but I've heard in interviews and read. I've heard interviews from uh, from Page and from uh, from Joe Walsh, you know, talking about it that. Uh, yeah. I think it was one of those situations where Jimmy needed a guitar and, you know, that uh, Joe Walsh was selling him on the on the humbuckers, the dual humbuckers versus, you sure. know, what was on the, the Telecaster for their sound and all that. And sure. and he gave it to him to try. And I think that became his, I think maybe his number one. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, that that's uh, that's like his famous guitar was from Joe Walsh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that's where he had gotten it from. That's that's uh, that's crazy. man. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, um, I got some really interesting kind of influences early on and, and there's guys that I respect now a lot that weren't really influences on me cause they didn't come along early enough. You know what I mean? Like we could talk about like Jack White, for example, like he's sure. awesome. I love Jack um, White. But he was never really an influence on me. He, he came along kind of too late to really influence yeah. my young guitar playing days, but well, um, he influences me now, I will say. But yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that's fair. But uh, you know, I, dude, Pete Townsend. I knew you were going to say that. Well, of course, you knew I was going to say that. <laughs> I don't know of another band uh, other than the Who that when I heard their music for the first time, I just opened my like my mouth and my eyes were just like wide, and I was just like, "Wow, dude!" Like what is this you know what i mean um yeah and and the who really did that to me man and you know i dude there's what's crazy is i wouldn't even say the who is my favorite band but i remember the first time i heard like baba o'reilly for example and i was like you know like the the kind of synthesizer thing starts it off and then it comes in with the piano and the drums come in and I was just like, what is happening? You know what I mean? And then, you know, they start singing. Dude, and the way the whole song just culminates. And I don't know, like, it's, I feel like The Who was so good at telling stories that matched the melodies of the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Pete Townsend, man, you know, he was never like a strong, a really like strong lead guitarist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you put him up in like a a guitar battle against Jimmy Page, I mean Jimmy Page is going to melt his face. You know, just my opinion. Um, but there was s- s- something like really powerful about the way that he played. Yeah. And um, 
And he was also the first guy that smashed a fucking guitar on stage, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that is a level of not giving a shit that, like, you have to aspire to. Now, did they plan to smash a guitar? Was it unplanned? Or what was the deal with that? Okay, I think this, the story goes, and it's been years since I've heard it. I think the story goes that it happened on accident the first time. Like, he he dropped it or he did something and it hit the ground and he got mad. So he just like smashed it. Yeah. Um, he just got mad as hell. So he just like smashed it or he like threw it through his amp or, or whatever it was. But the crowd went wild at the little club that they were playing in, in, in England there. Yeah. And so like the next time they went to play, the crowd was like double in size and they realized they were there to watch Pete Townsend like freak the hell out and break his shit. <laughs> Yeah. And so he did it, you know what I mean? And it got to the point where, you know, the, the club where they're playing at, like, couldn't hold the people that were going to, that, that were coming there to see him. Cause you know, they were coming there to, to listen to some good music and then watch this guy take rock and roll to a level that I don't think anyone else was prepared to take it to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, the Beatles did a lot for rock and roll, but George Harrison wasn't smashing a shit on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, it was just tight, dude. So Pete Townsend was really big for me, man. That's cool. Is there anybody else you want to throw out there? Or do you want me to um, throw one of my guys out there or what? Let's go back and forth. Yeah, throw one of your guys out, dude. Let's see. I'd say, since you went old, I'll go modern. And I'll say, I discovered Gary Clark Jr. about four or five years ago. Yeah, dude. He's awesome. And, yeah, and I, I, I started telling you about him. Yeah. And you got to listen to him. But that man, him and his, I've seen him in concert too, but uh, him and his other guitarists, man, they're both just doing these leads. And as as a backup guitarist there, I I don't know if you'd call it, you know, I mean, they both do lead guitar, but um, sure. But he does a lot of like, you know, pedals and effects and, you know, things like that. But he kills it, dude. That guy is magical. As he almost like if you just watch him instead of Gary Clark Jr., he was yeah. on his own fucking show right there. Yeah. And uh, but Gary Clark Jr. is like the modern blues man. You know what I mean? Like, sure. He comes out of Texas. He's he's got the the stature. He's got the style. He's 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 just he's got that about him like this dude yeah is just a rock and roll bluesman and just kills it and he's he can he can do like the rough soulsy blues and he can do like kind of the more like finesse r&b style songs too you know yeah. like the dude is versatile and i just i love that there's someone out there like him making music that is successful because yeah, you turn absolutely. on like uh, pop radio today or top 40 i can't even stand that shit i mean i'll turn it on there's a lot of it i don't like that much I'm not ragging on Miley Cyrus or anybody, but it just starts to all sound the same to me. But uh, and maybe you know because I am into guitar, maybe I have more of an ear for the nuances and differences in the way people play or the styles or what they're trying to do. But I just gravitate so much towards that that it that all does not sound the same to me. Sure, and uh, and it it just feels way more authentic than a lot of the stuff that you hear on Top Forty. But uh, but yeah, I, Gary Clark Jr. Man, I. I I hope to watch him for a long time and watch his career continue to, to be successful and grow. Sure, but yeah. he's, it's so cool that he's this modern dude that's playing like kind of with these old traditional 
kind of sounds like there's some there's some songs that he's got like the slide guitar and it sounds gritty and raw and very bluesy and then he's he's coming in on his you know electric and just blending it with all these like beautiful leads and stuff that he's playing and oh, i just yeah. love it man yeah absolutely man yeah so um kind of staying in that genre man i loved all the old blues guys me too um, bb uh, king i i was lucky enough to actually see bb king live uh and it was so fantastic where'd you and see him live at actually at bethune cookman college man oh i remember when he came through i never i didn't see it yeah man but, oh wow that's cool Lucky Dude, it you, was man. so cool yeah man and the way that he played it was just like this really kind of intimate like we were like hanging out together almost you know what i mean like i'm yeah you know it was just so cool man and and it was such a big deal and yeah um, dude i have this the story it's like a secondhand story it's yeah you know, it, no that didn't happen to me or anybody that i know but uh i was watching videos of, of people playing guitar and stuff online and i came across this video and do you know who Derek trucks is It's hitting something in my brain, but I but I'm gonna say no. He's an amazing musician. He's a guitar player. Okay. And uh, and uh, I think one of his uncles or something was was one of the Almond Brothers. And uh, so he's he's got a family history of music. But, sure. Um, but uh, he was on stage playing with BB King. I forget what song they were playing. They were tossing it back and forth, and and BB King, you know, tells him to take it, take the lead, and BB starts playing, you know, the rhythm. And this guy just pulls out this beautiful lead on guitar. And B.B. King, he keeps playing, and he's just watching him. A couple minutes go by, and then playing. And B.B. King just stops playing and uh, looks at him and says, I have to tell you, man, that's about the most beautiful bit of guitar playing I've ever heard in my life. And he goes, and he shakes Bro. his hand. And could you imagine that compliment? Like, I get goosebumps thinking about that. Yeah, like, man. Just how... Just the feels <laughs> that yeah, gives you, dude. you know, like it's just, oh my god, to have BB King tell you something like that, yeah, that man. that's the pinnacle. I mean, if you can play and you can impress a legend like that, my god, oh yeah, dude, for there's sure. Nothing, there's nothing you can do to top it from then on out, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't even try. <laughs> Keep making music, but <laughs> you're just not gonna top it, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, Derek Trucks, man, he's he's good. You should listen to him. Yeah, I will for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, like I said, I liked all those, you know, the older kind of blues guys. I, I yeah. like, you know, Muddy Waters and um, yeah. um, I, Django Reinhardt is real kind of cool. Um, yeah. A little bit different. But, um, yeah, man, I, lo- I like kind of those old guys. And I think I just gravitated towards them because I felt like they were like they were like the fathers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of the rock, it's all derivatives off of things that they've done techniques that they've done and sounds and licks and it's just morphed through the years and it's influenced every major guitarist that you've heard today and i love too like robert johnson like he's like considered like the 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 father of of blues yeah there's also the lore of him you know selling a soul to the devil at the crossroads and all like it's just the whole stigma of all that it's just really neat to me you know yeah dude yeah i agree but uh yeah were you into the stones much yeah, of course, for sure. I, um, I love Keith Richards, man. I love Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I do too. I, um, Yeah, you can't not say him for sure. Yeah, you have to. I mean, 
he was very you know blues driven blues based and yeah he just kind of he plays an open g you know he 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 came out with his own kind of style once he figured yeah. out open tunings he he says that that unlocked the guitar for him like he could never wrap his head around it fully until he discovered open tunings and then that was the key and then he yeah. just like developed from there you know so a lot of a lot of the stone sound is is in an open tuning but yeah uh, for sure yeah there's there's a really cool you mentioned uh pete townsend smashing mm-hmm. his guitar there's a really cool video that i love it's, it's, it's so keith richards man they're on stage I, don't, I think it's some new year celebration if i'm not mistaken jaggers up there singing keith richards is back keith richards was a lot younger back then than he is now when when they were doing this uh this sure. session but mick jagger was on stage singing and i forget what song it was it might have been satisfaction Keith Richards is back there jamming on guitar. This guy runs up on stage right at Jagger. I guess he was like a crazy fan or something that was, you know, bum rushed the stage. Oh, Keith Richards, mid lick, mid guitar playing, picks up his guitar as the guy is running at Mick Jagger. He just takes the guitar and just bam, right in the face with the body of the guitar. And then just goes back and keeps playing. And the guy was out. <laughs> like like a battle axe like he swung it like an axe he picked it up over his head oh says, bam God. and then just goes back and keeps playing the song and doesn't skip a fucking beat man hell he's yeah, right back dude. there on it i remember right hell yeah <laughs> this is what a fucking badass you know that is dude but he's one of those guys that like pioneered like the the rebel don't give a shit He's gonna sure. do what the, what the whatever the fuck he wants to do on yep. stage and in his life, and just healthy or not, just you know, really gave life to that whole rock and roll persona that a lot of people started emulating. You know, yeah, absolutely. I gotta give that guy credit, and he seems like such a cool fart now too. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I've heard him on interviews that he's done, and 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 seen him on uh, interviews and things on TV, and he just he he. I mean. He obviously has a deep love for his family, and uh, yeah, he wrote a children's book even, and uh, for his grandson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's just uh, he's a cool guy. And I remember the story that he used to tell about how uh, how he got interested in guitar. I think his grandpa had a guitar, and it was hanging up on the wall, and uh, and he he could never like reach it or never get it off the wall, and. And his grandpa made some deal with him. I can't remember exactly what it is. Fuck. I wish I, I, I'll have to look it up. But he's like, uh, he, he's like, you like that guitar, huh? And he's like, yeah. He's, he's like, well, when you're old enough to play it, that'll be yours. When you're old enough to pick it up off of the off the wall, that'll be yours or something like that. Yeah. And so he, he had to learn how to play it, how to play and everything. And once he was old enough to, to like grab it off the wall, like he gave it to him or something. It was something like that, but it was kind yeah. of touching and, and cool to see like, that's where the spark came from. You know what yeah, I mean? That's tight for sure. Yeah. Are, are you familiar with uh, Rory Gallagher at all? Uh, I, the name sounds familiar, but I can't place it. He was uh, he was in Taste. It was a band in the '60s. Um, and and he's like he's like an Irish kind of blues guitarish, uh, bluesish kind of rock guitarist. Um, uh-huh. in the '60s and '70s, man, he he was always really good. I I really enjoyed him as you know when I was coming up as well. Yeah. Um, a little bit kind of a different of a feel, but really really good, man. You should check him out. I will. I appreciate that. I always like finding new guys to listen to and stuff. 
But um, I was just curious, what are your thoughts on like kind of modern music? I mean, we have all these guitar legends because they pioneered the rock and roll sound, which influenced everything down the road, you know? Yeah. But, uh, is there anybody that's a, that's modern? I mean, I mentioned Gary Clark Jr., but... And we've already kind of talked about Jack White, you know? Yeah, Jack White is... I love I love the Jack White. I love the White Stripes. I sure. love the Dead Weather. I love the Raconteurs. Like, this this dude has puts together, like, all these project bands. And just... Sure. His music is fucking amazing. The, the guy... Jimmy Page has said that Jack White is one of the most influential guitarists for today. Yeah. So, I mean, we were talking about B.B. King and Derek Trucks, but, I mean... Jimmy Page giving you that compliment too. I mean, that's that's yeah, really highly esteemed. Yes. There's a movie you should watch. Um, we'll get back to what I was talking about with modern day stuff. But anybody who's into guitar, there's this amazing documentary. It's called "It Might Get Loud." I watched it with you, dude. Yes, yes. We, did we finish it? I don't think we watched all. We of did. It. No, 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 no. I I had to finish it on my own. Yeah, but anybody who's into music like we're talking about, yeah, it, it's the history of the electric guitar. But it's also the biography and the history of Led Zeppelin and Jimmy Page, uh, The Edge and U2 and Jack White. And what they end up doing is they set up this meeting. Uh, the doc, the filmmakers set up this meeting in this warehouse studio. And they have the amp set up and everything. But they bring in Jack White. They bring in The Edge from U2. And they bring in Jimmy Page. And they sit there and they jam together and they talk about their techniques they talk about the history of the band they talk about where the songs came from the inspirations but they cut back and forth with the history of the bands and the stories that they've gone through like from all the way from youth to the careers to you know their adulthood and you know where they're at now and it is just it is an amazing flick to watch if you love that style of music and you love the history of these guys and and you look up to them like we do and and are into like their their personal biographies and their stories you have to check this out yeah oh yeah but uh besides besides the point of that um just modern bands that you think are gonna have staying power and stick around um Um, like so uh, here's the thing man i if we're talking about guitarists i will say and he's been around for a minute but he's one of my absolute favorites um and if you're listening lenny i'm prepared to have your children lenny kravitz Uh, oh my god dude i've always loved lenny kravitz He's awesome. Uh, dude, I yeah, he is one of my man crushes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got that rock and roll swag that not a lot of people have, you know. Yeah. That swagger to him. Yeah, man. He's I, like kind of that classic, you know, he's a mix of modernism and the mix of like the classic rock and roll where it came from and stuff. I think yeah, dude. kind of where it got to like, kind of like a Steven Tyler ish type of, you know what I mean? Like it's just the swagger that he's got too. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't know if it's just them, the way they present themselves or their attitudes about things, but he's, that is a, is a talented guy, man. Dude. I love Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, man. And it's funny um, I mentioned Steven yeah. Tyler. We both love Aerosmith too. Yeah, absolutely. They're still making music, but uh, I mean, they're kind of trying to I think catch some of the modern waves that are they're plowing yeah. through the industry. Like uh, Steven Tyler did a country album and stuff. And dude, and here's the thing, man. I, what's crazy is I didn't hate the music from the country album. Yeah. Um, you know, it was he had the, it was kind of a catchy song that like. Uh, 
the red white and you song i don't know what it was actually called but it was actually kind of a, a catchy song but you know i watched the video of it and here's you know damn 80 year old fucking steven tyler <laughs> i hope and, he doesn't hear this he's gonna hate us now <laughs> no listen first of all steven tyler i love you and aerosmith has been a huge influence on me so don't take this the wrong way bud but um if you are listening having like a 20 year old female be your love interest in that music video came off creepy. And I think that's the reason that his country album didn't go further than it did. Yeah. Well, honestly, that might not even be him, you know, I mean, he's just making music, but you have all these marketing people that tell you, and I've heard him in interviews talking about like dealing with the marketing people and just, he can't fucking stand it either, but just how they, how they dick you over and they tell you it needs to be this and needs to be that. And sure. You know, it's just, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't just, know. I hated it, man, because the song actually wasn't bad. Like, and that was like his, like this, the big single that came out of the album at first, you know, the yeah. problem was as soon as you heard it, all you were thinking of was that video and it was creepy, man. It just, it felt bad. So I didn't keep the song on even when it came, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I saw the video a couple times. I caught it because I was really surprised that he was doing a country album because that just yeah. seems, you know, very different than their history. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's what it, but as far as modern music goes, man, I, you know, I, man, I, I'm kind of a weird guy when it comes to music because I, I'm on such a huge spectrum and you know this about me, man. Like, Sure. For instance, I love like rap and hip hop, right? Yeah. Um, love it. Um, and and so there's when we talk about modern music, and, and I don't think it's this is the podcast to go into it, but I do think there's some guys doing some things in hip hop that is going to change that industry for a long time. Um, shout out J Cole, what's up? Um, <laughs> anyway, no, um, but you know, as far as like pop music goes and, um, I, the answer is I, I don't really, I, I, I don't really know. I think there's some really talented vocalists that have been around for the last kind of 15, 20 years, yeah. um, you know, like, like the pinks and the Kelly Clarkson's. Yeah. Um, well, but that's interesting you say pink. Pink style has changed a lot. When she first came out, yeah. she was very R and B, and very yeah. like kind of top forty. I mean, she's still top forty, but she kind of shifted into like this kind of pop punky. Not so much pop punk. What's the word I'm looking for? It was like a blend of like top forty, just attitude, kind of rock driven type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's pop rock. Yeah, man, pop rock. Yeah, yeah. But her early stuff was very different. Yeah, I, at I least agree. the stuff that I remember seeing on MTV when she first kind of came on the scene. Yeah, for sure. I, and I, you know, and I think Pink is great. I really do. I, I think she's extremely talented. But my only problem with Pink's earlier music is that it was literally only about five years ago when I really heard what Pink is capable of vocally. And yeah. it, bl- it blew me away, dude. She is so good. She's a great singer, yeah. Um, but... I remember she, when she did the Voulez-vous uh, coucher avec moi song with uh, Christina Aguilera. And who else is in that? I can't remember. There was a bunch of people in that. Yeah, dude. I don't. Maya I don't... was in it. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember that was like the karaoke song that every woman who thought they could <laughs> sing tried to do. Yeah. But I mean, that was the first time I really saw her like belt out anything. Was yeah. Came out. Yeah. 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 She's, she's good, man. But I, you know, I, I don't think anyone in the last 10 years can hold a candle to Kelly Clarkson. As far as vocal power goes, man, she is just ridiculous, dude. Why are we going from like rock and roll to like Kelly Clarkson and Pink? This took a weird turn. <laughs> is it just? Like, I think so. I don't no, know. Dude, I don't know, man. I, I stopped for a second to think about. It. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe because like, you know, and and I hate to be cliche here, but maybe rock and roll really did die, dude. Um, I don't know. I've I, there's a lot of, of cool stuff. Um, out well, there's today. some underground stuff that's really good. You know, you introduced me to the Devil Makes Three, and they're fantastic. You know, what would you classify them as? I don't know what what quite to say that you they know, are. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put them in acoustic rock. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm just kind of making that up, but um, but they have a rawness to them. It's not just like easy going yeah, acoustic. They're stuff. Definitely rock and roll, dude. Yeah. I, I would put them as rock and roll. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to fit yeah. like it, you they don't have to have, you know, electric guitars and, and, you know, distortion to be rock and roll. But you get that kind of bluegrassy root feel from them. Don't you? That kind yeah, of Americana absolutely. folky type of, yeah, it's like a blend of that and rock and roll. And it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. the first song I heard from them, I, and I don't ask me to, tell you what it was because like i said i was on a trip and i looked them up on youtube and started playing some of their songs but the first song i heard from them was straight bluegrass yeah. and i i said to becca i said why did gabe try to say these guys were anything other than bluegrass this is just good like kind of <laughs> dirty bluegrass and then the next song came out and i oh now yeah. i get it. the second song was actually old number seven and that song is the ish dude that song is awesome i love that song there's yeah. a lot of music like that in the vein of that style, the sound that I yeah. found. Um, I'll have to go over it with you in another podcast because we're actually over an hour right now. But yeah, uh, well, listen before we before we bring this to an abrupt end. Quick question. Yeah, I'm gonna put you on the spot, bro. Yeah, do you have a dream guitar, like the one guitar that if you could have any guitar, that would be it? I've always. This might be very generic, but I, I've I've always wanted like kind of that that Jimmy Page Les Paul type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, so you mean the sunburst kind of? Yeah, that that sunburst, that lemony, honey, amber type of burst type of yeah, a guitar there. Um, it's just such a classic visual that you know see Jimmy Page playing that, and I've bought like some of my Agiles are beautiful guitars like i've got a nice like kind of blue beachy burst and i've got like a really nice spalted maple top that's all natural it's got like these natural highlights on the wood it's beautiful i think i've shown that one to you yeah um my gibson i really like because it's kind of rustic it's a les paul and it's 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 uh an lpj actually and uh it it's it's got like kind of a more natural finish and it's like this really kind of like a dark chocolatey brown with all the pretty grain in it and stuff it looks like really kind of rustic and rough you know the way the way i have it and i really like that it's really organic feeling sure but uh and then you know we talk about my gretch uh, that 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 i have with the bixby and all that but 
I've just never acquired like that Jimmy Page style Gibson guitar, you know. And so I think yeah. I'd have to go for something like that. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um for me, I would have to say the Rickenbacker Model 340. Really? Dude, I don't know what it is about that guitar. It's so tight looking to me like i i feel like you look at that guitar and it's like it it like transcends um musical genre you know what i mean like i feel like if you were playing the blues on that guitar no one would look twice at you if you were playing you know rock and roll no one would look twice punk rock tight dude do your thing bluegrass yeah you know what i mean like it just i don't know dude and it's so pretty and yeah. And I would cuddle with it at night if I had one, but yeah, know. yeah, that's 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 a classic guitar, man. So hell yeah, dude. But anyway, yeah, I guess we should start wrapping this up. And uh, I guess so, man. This was good, man. I uh, this was fun talking about guitarists and music and yeah. You know. I feel like I wanted to get into like uh, with the modern stuff. I mentioned, uh, you know, who's going to last. You know, is, is there anything yeah. today? And I. I I think uh, like Foo Fighters and Trent Reznor and some of these people like that. Yeah, Foo are, Fighters for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to throw that out there, but uh, especially Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor to me is just a musical genius, a musical god. Like as far as modern day music, sure. I've always he's one of those people. Like you said with with the Who, they opened up your mind. His music, I've always listened to it ever since I was a kid. And that just blew my mind right open. And I've always yeah. just gravitated towards that. But uh, I do just, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I just feel like I, I need to give a shout out to him on the show, even though he's oh. got no idea he even exists. But that that man's, I love that guy. And he does no wrong in my eyes. Everything <laughs> he puts out, I listen to. And I eat it up. And I love it. But uh, it's That's... very different than the styles that we've been talking about. Yeah, for but, sure. I think it's because in today's, I talked about how top 40 stuff seems real manufactured and today's music, a lot of it is manufactured, but I feel like he's somebody who's always stuck true to himself and his music and the emotion from his music is super authentic and it, it, he doesn't budge and doesn't give to anybody. He does what he wants to do. Yeah. And I just, I have tons of respect for that and it, it comes through in his music and yeah, I, I just to me like it just i love that guy so literally all of the feelings that you have for him are exactly how i feel about lenny kravitz <laughs> yeah but, cool. yeah yeah dude but i agree with you dude i definitely do yeah well anyway. on that note let's uh wrap this up and uh i'm not sure what we'll talk about next time but these will be released through december you know so maybe we'll get back into some holiday and some toy collecting and Stuff yeah. like that. So, but uh, until next time, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Yeet, yeet. One, two, three, four.